I'm Amy. Welcome to Sipping on Country. On today's episode, we have Noelle Toland. Thank Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so you are an independent artist here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you ended up here, what your journey has been up to this point. Yeah, I'm a country singer-songwriter. I'm originally from Oregon, a small town called North Plains, and I always had aspirations of pursuing country music, singing and writing, um, writing country music, and I moved to Nashville in December of 2020, and it's been amazing. I love this town and have just really loved meeting all of my my fellow artists and, and the creative community here is just amazing, and I'm very grateful to be here and to be here with you. I'm glad you could make it. I mean, what was that like, moving here December 2020? I mean, I feel like we were still kind of in the thick of it with uh, the, the yeah. thing that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was different. I mean, I came here in July of 2020 because I was living in L.A. Okay. I moved from Oregon to L.A. I uh, went to college there. And um, L.A., uh, it was a wild place, and it changed. And I still love Los Angeles, but... I was also, I felt like I was hitting a wall with pursuing country music in L.A., and in hindsight, it makes sense. Right. It's like, if you want to do country music, you know, you, you got to be in Nashville. Everyone has their own opinion about that, but in my mind, I think you have to be present to win. 100%. You have to be here and be meeting people and and learning from others and 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 just growing, you know, as, as an artist or musician or what have you. But yeah, it was weird when I first got here. Like... Broadway was like a ghost town, yep. and um, like everything was just there was just no people walking about. Um, I will say when I first got here, the first hotel I entered and it was at nighttime because I landed late, and I looked around and I heard George Strait on the PA system saying, "Carrying your love with me," and I was like, huh, "I think sign. I think I found my city." I like love it. they wouldn't do this in LA. <laughs> So I'm I'm just a huge lover of country music and the stories it tells and um, but it, it is it, for the for uh, as a positive it has changed since December 2020 because that was so weird. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure. It's uh, it has done a huge 180 since yeah. then. I mean, I was I moved over in 2019, so I kind of okay. saw that very start of COVID and watching everything shut down was uh so you were here at pretty... the beginning of covid yeah 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 so that was, was a thing we won't mention <laughs> <laughs> well, do we even remember it those two years didn't happen right yeah um yeah i mean that must have presented a few challenges because like you said like it's being present and really being in front of people which was mm. something we just we couldn't do yeah you know everything was shut down there's there's a limit as to how strong a connection you can make when you are talking to people via email mm-hmm. or on a video call, which it's not the same. Yeah, you're just there and you're kind of connecting. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about, I'd like to, you know, go back in time 20 or 30 years and be like, okay, y'all are going to be doing business, but like you're going to be staring at a screen. Right. Like that's how you're going to be connecting to people. It's what? like no. now it's just, you know, commonplace. Like mm-hmm. we get on the Zoom and then you don't really think about it, but it's a weird thing. It is. Having, trying to forge a connection with someone across the screen. But it is what it is. <laughs> so when you decided to move, did you already have connections here that you were able to kind of jump into? or? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no. Just, 
life. I knew through, I, I knew one or two people just, but I hadn't met them. They were through friends. So no, I, I moved here not knowing a soul. And when I got here, because it was, everything was shut down, um, I was like, okay, what's my game plan for how I'm going to uh, navigate this town? And for me, I made a decision to really focus and hone in on songwriting mm-hmm. because I, I, I wanted to develop those skills and, and come across as, some, as, as an artist, maybe a little bit more professional or something that I, so I could put out music instead of really playing shows out and because also there weren't that many opportunities but I just made the decision when I moved here I said okay I have to figure out how to write good songs because I've always written um and I've always written songs here and there but they were terrible uh and I didn't know what I was doing and um and I needed and it's a skill right you have you can learn how to do it 100 um and there is some it's it's an ethereal process and a mystical process as well because there is Sometimes it's gonna feels like magic making because you're putting words to music and how does that happen? And so I just got all the songwriting books I could get my hands on, uh, you know, Tunesmith I love uh, by Jimmy Webb, and I just sat and would listen to all the great songs and all the great songwriters mm-hmm. and just tried to absorb it and learn and understand why does a why does a song work? Why does this move me? And and actually I just did a a songwriting workshop with Gretchen Peters oh, very cool. last week, uh, who I'm just, I'm obsessed with her. She wrote On a Bus to St. Cloud, Independence Day, uh, among many others, The Secret to Life, Faith Hill. Um, she's just incredible, and I learned so much from her, but she's such an amazing artist, not just a songwriter, and I've just been such a fan of hers for so long. And I'm just kind of obsessed with songwriting and that was the one thing where talking with her about it and learning okay you know this is the process and you have to kind of one thing I've learned with songwriting which is hard because I like to like get things done and Mm -hmm. I can work hard and you know you show up and and then sometimes they're like I can't nothing's coming to me right like I I don't know if you've experienced this but it's like and then you feel bad about yourself because you're like I can't get it done. Like, like I, should, I should have had something. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to terms with that and, and being okay with it and having a creative process that's unique to you, you um, know. And I think that's key because I don't think there is, there is no right or wrong way to start a song. Like I know for yeah. myself I've written with people and some people I go in and they're like, right, I'm going to get the computer up. We're going to get a drum track. Yeah. And then we write off a drum track. Mm-hmm. But then I've got other people that are like, well, you know, actually I had this line. I don't really have a melody, but mm-hmm. I really like... So there is no right or wrong. So it is It is very unique to mm-hmm. everyone. And then even more so when you turn up in a room with a bunch of other songwriters that also have their own way of doing things yeah. and learning how to how to work with that. Mm-hmm. So how soon, from, from focusing on that songwriting stuff, how soon was it until you were actually able to get in a room with people um, in and terms be able of to... co-writing? Yes, yeah. Uh, I co-wrote my first EP with my producer. We had three original songs, and then uh, we did a cover of uh, Poor Man's Roses, which was Patsy okay. Cline's song. And those I 
a lot of the songwriting came, well, some of the songs started in LA when I was there. So uh, for instance, the song Sun Will Rise, I started writing during quarantine and I was feeling very lost and sad and hopeless and searching for some semblance that things would be okay. And at the time, this image of the sun and the moon trading places gave me a sense of hope. So I started playing around with that imagery and then I completed the song with my producer in Nashville. And then another song, uh, Limbo, on the, on the EP. Uh, that was an interesting one, to, talking about the process of songwriting. That had a different title. I think it was like called Satisfaction or something. But it was about a girl like taking her power back and being like, listen, I don't have time for this. Like, you're telling me this thing. You know, what, are we in or are we out? And it was kind of that thing. And then I started with the name Joe. And then uh, I remember, and I was I was in Nashville, sitting. At, it's a funny story. When I moved here, I had no furniture. I, I had this little little boy shark beanbag chair that I bought at Target. I love it. That's and the I, joke, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> somewhere to sit. I wrote my whole EP on the floor in the shark chair, and I think it gave me hip problems because I was sitting like this <laughs> the whole time. Uh, but I remember sitting in the shark chair, and I was thinking, what is what is this, what, what do the lyrics want? Like, what does this character want? And I just, I came to you, it was like, Limbo! I said, oh, it rhymes with Joe! It was like, oh my god, this is perfect! So that was like a month-long process of these songs, starting them in L.A., kind of like a right. seed, and then developing them. And one thing I've really learned is is how to tell the story. Like, it's great when those ideas come to you. Like, mm -hmm. you get a melody or a line, and you're like, okay, let's flesh it out. And sometimes you got to just take your time and let the muse yeah. come Some, to you. I feel like some, sometimes you'll sit down and like, you'll have a whole song come out, and then yeah. other times it's definitely knowing... I mean, like you were saying, like, if you don't get anything, knowing that that's, it just happens. But the same with when you just get part of a song, taking that step back and yeah. then coming back to it. So... You moved here not knowing anyone, having no connections, in the <laughs> middle of COVID. Yeah, exactly. Um, who was the first person you met that you felt like really kind of helped start started to guide you in the right direction? Oh, that's a great question. Angel Cropper. Uh, she was my first friend when I moved here. Um, literally came over, introduced herself. And we became fast friends. I, she's the reason I started going to church. And uh, I learned a lot. She's been in the music business for a long time. Her husband is Steve Cropper, okay. very um, a legend guitarist. But she, uh, I learned a lot from her. And she's, she's one of my closest friends. But she was really my first friend here. And she, was, and she even told me, she's like, songwriting she's like you gotta yeah because <laughs> she's she's a singer songwriter herself and uh she's been instrumental in so many ways just i like to call her my guardian angel because like it's like popped in i'm like where'd you come from I love, hey sometimes <laughs> i feel like you just meet people at the right time you know yeah yeah um and i mean it, it's true though you really do have to be right in here to get out and be i mean you know you can go down broadway you can get a band you can do the whole cover thing mm -hmm. um but I feel like meeting the people that are going to give you um, a lot of those connections into the industry, it's getting yeah. out to songwriters nights and being yes. able to play there, meet other songwriters who, you know, I, I'm, there are a lot of people here that they, they are writing 
not necessarily because they want to be an artist, not mm-hmm. necessarily because they want to stay in the line of a songwriter yeah. because it's just the the kind of natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of music, when when did you first kind of have enough material and were in the position where you were able to go, actually, like, I'm ready to get into the studio, uh-huh. like, let's go record? And yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I actually released my very first single right when I moved here. So I had been working with a producer in L.A., and we had basically recorded several demos that we were pitching to A&R, uh, A&R here in Nashville from L.A. There was one song that was a piano ballad. It was a piano vocal, one-take vocal, nothing done to my voice, and it was it was being used as, for A&R purposes, so they wanted to show... show it was ma- mainly highlighting my voice. Right. But when I was moving here, I, I really felt I wanted to have something streaming, something out there where when I meet someone, they can just listen to some, something of mine right mm-hmm. then. Not that, let me send you a demo, let me see. So I just wanted to be as professional as possible. So, but I, in the back of my mind, I was like, gosh, they're all like demos. Like, I don't know if I can release any of these. And they're like half written songs kind of. But I remember I was, I was still in LA and I was on my elliptical and I, I don't know, sometimes when I move, like, my brain works better. <laughs> hey, we all have it. Everyone has their way. Yeah. And I listened to the song while I was working out. Uh, it, the song's called Prove Your Value. It's a piano vocal in my voice. P- piano and vocal. And I thought, okay, this is not that bad. Like, it's it's simple. It gets, you know, the point across. I'm proud of the song. I wrote the song. So I was like, all right, I'll release this. So I just taught myself how to release music independently. I got a distributor, um, I registered it, like I registered with BMI, I was like, okay, I'm official, this is awesome. And so then, just for anyone listening that may not know, like that whole process, yeah. um, so BMI is a, a publishing uh-huh. uh, company, um, so what, what do they provide for you as an artist, like by signing up for their, for th- with them, what do you kind of get back from that? Um, yeah, I guess it's... I'm not very well versed in publishing. I kind of just don't really know what I'm doing at all. But um, <laughs> I'm constantly learning. It's, but mean, they're a performing a rights organization, mm-hmm. so they protect your music as a member and and keep track of of where it gets played. And, um, and that's I mean that's how you would earn I think money. Right. Um, when the time ta- when the time comes. Yeah. You know, two <laughs> two cents, five cents from from a thousand streams. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's crazy how the business is right now. But but yeah, I'm a proud BMI member. Um, they also provide. Um, they have an office here in Nashville, um, and I've they provide space to f- for for writing there. I've written in one of their nice. in one of their offices, and um, yeah, they're very helpful. Like if you're if you're with them, or if you're with, I'm sure it's the same with another. Mm-hmm. PRO, but um, they just want to, they're supportive of, of songwriters, which we all need lots right? of support. <laughs> so I know, and and I feel like I've, I've mentioned this in a few episodes at this point, is just that Nashville as a whole, um, I really can't speak for LA, I can't speak for New York, because I haven't been uh, hugely involved in that. I can speak for the, the UK scene, um, but I feel like Nashville industry professionals as a whole are just incredibly supportive of the people coming in mm-hmm. and starting from the bottom you yeah. know um and I mean this is kind of a whole part of the podcast is that you're here you've been in Nashville for two years two three three just two, I got three. I don't know what year we're in <laughs> three <know>. years 
still feels like we're like um, 2018 for me. So. It's is still, still 2019, isn't it? <laughs> what are we? Um, and, you know, they say Nash- Nashville is a 10-year town and a lot of people, you know, you see all of these artists coming out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. What you don't see is everything it took to get there in the first place. You know, that move, like taking yeah. that leap of faith to just go, well, actually, I have a producer in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, I have people I'm working with, but... Yeah. Um, and I think with Nashville being like it is and with people willing to just kind of open their arms and yeah. even even these companies and the publishing companies, like, there's, there's a lot of support mm-hmm. for up-and-coming artists, which is something I love. Yeah. Um, about this town and and that people will take everyone kind of takes everyone under their wing. There's not totally. there's not a hierarchy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I so agree with that. And that's one the, probably the number one thing I love about this town is people are so supportive and kind to each other. And from my experience, I've just experienced so many positive things about about this town. And yeah, it 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 is a leap of faith. I did take a leap of faith moving here. I also really wanted to do country music and um and like this is the place to do it and and when I moved here like I said I was focusing on the songwriting but shortly after I was like okay so within three months I was recording yeah um and just trying to learn how songs work like you know what makes some what makes a melody stick in your head right for days (laughs) right (laughs) you know and and another thing, I, I needed to get better at guitar because I was a singer first and foremost okay. and have been singing since I was four years old and was in choir my entire life in vocal ense- ensembles and, um, you know, so I, I knew, you know, to the extent of, of um, music theory, I, it was more limited to my voice and how my voice works. But moving here, I, I, ha- I had to learn how to play guitar because, you know, this this town is built around songwriter mm-hmm. rounds. So yeah. getting together and playing around with with fellow songwriters and that was, um, you know, I'm I, I will I, I my experience learning how to play guitar. I want to say to anybody who's like struggling or thinks you can't do it, if I can learn how to play guitar, <laughs> anyone can. I was so frustrated with the the beginning stages of figuring out chords I'm like oh my I'm never gonna get because I my first guitar I was like five years old I got it at Goodwill my parents and I didn't know something had to be in tune or what a tune had a tune it was just like the strings were all over the place and I would just but I didn't know what I was doing and there was you know um but consistent one thing I've learned is consistency is king and and repetition is the mother of skill yep I think that's how or is it Skill is a mother... No. Yeah, repetition is a mother of skill. (laughs) I think that goes for everything from the songwriting to the playing. So how how have you found the... Even just recording and getting in the studio here compared to being in the studio in LA? Like, is there a big difference between the way that people have worked? That's a good question. I would say it's similar. There are a lot of home studios in LA as well. Um... And a lot of professional studios. Like one of my, one thing I lo- I'm very grateful for. I I got to sing uh, sing my song "Prove Your Value" at this event at um, studio. I forget what the studio was called, but it was where Frank Sinatra performed "That's Life," which is my oh, all time wow. favorite okay. song. Um, 
so there's things like that. Like LA has iconic studios that are right. that are still working, and and um, but Nashville, this is Music City, so. I think there's just more opportunity here and um, for whatever stage you are yeah. in your career. I think there's some, there's definitely something for, for yeah. everyone. There's always someone you can reach out to, a stepping stone, even if you're, you know, you're yeah. just starting out. So. Yeah. So in terms of your own music, so you already have stuff released that's mm-hmm. out on Spotify, all of all the places. Yeah. All the all places. The, all the things. And I'm going to make sure that I link to all this stuff as well. Um but what have you what have you got planned for I guess 2024 because yes. you know we're, we're pretty much at the beginning of it you know this mm-hmm. is um, so yeah what's what's going on for you in the next year I have tons of new music that I'm currently figuring out how to release and schedule and uh, I'm very excited I've got also lots of music videos that that um, I'll be releasing. I'm going in the studio next week to record an original song that I'm really excited about. And I'm re- I'm I'm actually releasing three '90s country covers. Okay. Along with video content, because I'm a huge '90s country fan. '90s country is <laughs> the best. I don't the care best. if anyone argues '90s country. That was a whole. It was just a whole other yeah. world of country music. Some of the best stuff comes out of that. The best. Country. I mean, just the twang. Like, like Shania, Trisha Yearwood, who's like... Queen. Uh, just queen. the queen. The queen. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. Um, Faith Hill, uh, Reba, Brooks and Dunn, um, <laughs> George Strait. Uh, I mean, it's just the, the list is the list is end it is, it is endless. I can just it's kind of that's the the majority of music I listen to are just like '90s country playlists. So, are you able to share the cover um, songs that we've that yes. got coming? If you if you ask, yes. Let's um, go. Let's hear them. All right, I'll be releasing "Walk Away Joe." Very Love soon. that song. Yes. Love it. I am obsessed with this song. It was actually the first song I ever recorded professionally. Um, so my mom and I have a share a love for Trisha Yearwood. And when I was a little girl, she would like make me sing for her around the house. <laughs> and that thinking about you album was one of our favorites, but, um, she and I loved walkaway Joe. So I would sing it around the house for her all the time. And for mother's day, a few years ago, um, uh, before I moved here, um, as a mother's day gift, I recorded Walk Away Joe with my friend Eric Himmel who um, who I started performing with in in LA for the first time I used to play in this thing called Sunset Jam where we all like touring musicians and local musicians would get together and do covers we performed at the Viper Room a lot oh wow and so he helped me he had a home studio and he helped me um, record the song and then another fellow musician Danny Ivory who actually just moved here she played keys on it so it's another just piano vocal but um it was professional so it's like the first time I'd gone saying something in a studio and as a surprise for my mom I put it on an iPod Nano and I sent it to her so she could always listen to it and then I I happened to put it on SoundCloud and that got the attention of several people and then the producer I ended up working with but so that's kind of the history of the song it's like a, a song that's very special to me and my mom and and yeah, I just love the song so much. It's a, it's a great song. It yeah. is a great song. It's incredible. And I can't believe it was 92 is when it was released. It feels like 
yesterday. <laughs> I mean, those, I mean, those songs are iconic, and I think that says a lot about a song when, you know, yeah. that, I mean, that hasn't, it's not dated itself. Like, it just, it is what it is, yeah. right? A great, a great song yes. stands on its own, like you were saying about just going back and listening to that stuff, like what works in songwriting. Yes. I mean, that is one of those songs, you know, I could, we could play that in 20 years and I'm not yeah. going to be like, oh, this like, it's just, just a great song. Yeah. You, know? you can see yourself under the Texaco star. Just, like, that's my favorite line. Um, you know, the you, visuals, see your, yeah, right? you see yourself watching that girl, like, running mm-hmm. off with a guy and getting her heart broken. And, oh, oh, that song just kills me. So, very excited that I'll be releasing that very soon, okay. along with a video. And, um, which, yeah. as soon as we have links for that, we will put it out. It'll be after uh, this episode is. Yeah has aired but we will make sure that we we link out to all of that looking forward to hear it i love that song any version i'm happy it's so good it's just that's an example of a perfect song right it's that storytelling as well you know and i think the other thing that makes that so great and i was speaking to one of my other guests about this is when you're songwriting writing like from here you know Mm -hmm. you write from the heart because even if you're writing about something that feels like it's unique to you. Yeah. The reality is those little nuances may be different, Mm -hmm. but the heart of it, like that, the heartbreak. Yeah. Everyone's experienced that. You know, anyone who is in their adult years, like if anyone can honestly say they've never had their heart broken, they're they're lying. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And and another thing about songwriting is like how to, how to explain and show heartbreak Mm -hmm. by not saying it. Like, how to use images and details to evoke that emotion. And, like, that's next level songwriting. Like in Walk Away Joe, underneath the Texaco star. I mean, Just, it's like... You can picture a whole scene. Yeah. And there, there's something really special about that. Yeah. So is that single going to be part of a bigger project? or? Yeah, good question. So I'll be releasing three total, three okay. 90s country covers. Um soon and <laughs> I don't know if I'd release them as an EP that's a good question maybe I will release them as an EP so they're a collective body single 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 yeah EP maybe with like another bonus yeah one. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they'll be releasing soon and then I've got original music as well that has is already already been recorded in the can and that will be coming out soon and um, I'm just excited to share to share the new music with everyone and also I'm writing tons so I'm just want to just I'm going to be a little creative machine so <laughs> how do you feel with when it comes time to pick songs that you're going to record for your own record mm-hmm. do you feel comfortable going okay well I wrote these songs but actually like I heard this writer play the other night and I love this song mm-hmm. like are you open to cutting other people's songs that you maybe haven't had a hand in because I know that yeah. sometimes uh, sometimes people love to just kind of stick mm-hmm. with their own personal songs which make sense because it, it kind of hits a little harder yeah um, but I just wondered kind of where you stood on that that's a great question yeah <laughs> great songs are great songs, yeah right? I would I love yeah I would love I'd love to to be open to that if that opportunity would were to arise um yeah, I just love great songs, and at the heart, singers are storytellers. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's my job. I'm all, you know, how do I 
evoke emotion through through singing and through telling the story of a great writer and so yeah definitely I'd be open to that so are you as an artist where do you kind of see yourself sitting are you more of that Trisha Yearwood are you more of the Shania let's go party <laughs> like yeah where if if you could see yourself like heading in kind of in that direction what do you what do you want to be well to be in either of, of those women's uh company would be um a miracle <laughs> godsend i respect them both so much i'm such a huge fan of trisha and shania um but that's a good question i do see myself i kind of like in a lane with them both um i just love both of them so much. Um, I do have a, I like to say my songs and especially the ones that I've written, there's a good balance between really sad songs and heartbreak songs and then really fun drinking songs. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we all need those ones. Yeah. (laughs) Need them. We all need a fun drinking song. So I like to have a balance of, of having fun and getting the crowd going and, you know, and then also having, singing great songs that can just, you know, tear your heart open. Um, yeah, I would say it's a, a kind of a mix between both. Okay. And what have you found personally have been maybe, I, I guess, yeah, your biggest struggles kind of as an independent artist? Mm-hmm. What have you run into where you're like, actually, you know, if I had a label, maybe this would be easier or kind of all those hurdles again the stuff yeah. that people don't see you see the signed artists mm-hmm. you don't see all the struggles that come behind that yeah yeah there are a lot of struggles as an independent artist on a positive note you have more control mm-hmm. um which is great but but with the label you do have more exposure access to things you otherwise wouldn't have have as an independent artist they help out and you know um with publicity, with um, booking shows, getting you on an, on tours with um, with certain acts, and there's so many things that are great that come with a label. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, as an I know what it's like to hustle, and because I do, it's like I do. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing everything myself, and I'm like learning as I go. Like, oh, I you know, oh, I need this for that or what have you, and so it's. Um, yeah, it's an interesting time right now. It's different than... Right, and I think for for artists nowadays, especially with, with social media, mm-hmm. there was a time where the artist could be the artist. Yes. You don't get to be just the artist anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be looking at every side. You know, you can't have a manager jump onto TikTok for you yeah. and go, hey, this like, no one <laughs> wants to see that. They want to yeah. see you. And so that's, you know, rather than spending your time maybe working on something else, you're putting up little clips. And yeah. in addition, I mean, even, you know, the bigger artists, I saw a video that someone posted on Facebook the other day from Luke Combs, like sitting and playing a new song in his living room yeah i saw that too was that with the dog yeah (laughs) in there but i'm like artists are even the big artists we're at a point where you're giving away stuff for free because that's kind of the time you know people have an expectation that they are gonna just hear new music by just being able to kind of go onto TikTok or go onto Instagram mm-hmm. and see what new posts are up. And I feel like that's a lot of pressure 
for one person because yeah. it's I mean you can have a team to handle it but it's going to cost you yeah. you know a lot of money to have someone yeah and also with a team I think the audience kind of knows if it's not authentic mm-hmm. to you as an artist and uh, they're all different mediums TikTok versus YouTube versus Facebook Instagram um, so you kind of have to uh, approach each differently mm-hmm. and with that mindset of knowing they're all different mediums and changing all the time all the, time, the like, expectations yeah like now tiktok is really pushing photos i was like oh this is interesting and then instagram I, every time I, I don't know if you've noticed this every time i go to post something it automatically takes me to a reel I'm like no i want to do a post or a story so they want mm-hmm. you to be doing um yep. more video content which is so different from a few years ago right where it was mainly just photos so it's all it's always evolving constantly changing and with you know my attitude is just to to really have fun with it as much as I can because in a way it's just it's an opportunity to engage with people Mm -hmm. and connect with potential fans or just potential just people who you know otherwise you wouldn't meet and it's If you have, I've talked with a lot of artists about it and a lot of people in the industry, and it's like, if you do have a negative, kind of frustrated uh, relationship with social media, it's not going to be, unfortunately, a good thing. But if you kind of just try to have fun with it and get the see the positive side of it, then hopefully you'll get something out of it. I'm still learning as I go. Right. it's all, and it's constantly changing. Yeah, I've, and I feel like everything, not just social media, but just the the industry as a whole, um, in hugely in part, I think, because of social media. But mm. it's like you know something that is great to do one day, all yeah. of a sudden the next day it's like, well, why would <laughs> yeah. why are we doing this? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it makes it it makes it really hard to navigate. I think not just for artists, but you know, management and, you know, mm-hmm. labels, they must have people constantly on it. Like, what do we need to do? Yeah. Um, but like you say, focusing on the positives, I mean, you can go post a video up and reach people in Australia. Yeah. You know, that you're, you're never going to meet. You're never, yeah. you know, people in the most rural parts. Yeah. They have an internet connection. Mm-hmm. They have you. Yeah. And I feel like that's, it's kind of exciting in a way. Yeah. And it makes it, opens up a whole other avenue for independent artists mm-hmm. you know you you don't need a ton of money necessarily to yeah. push your music out there because you just yeah it's just there right yeah and a lot of times people do spend a lot of money on content for tiktok and it doesn't perform as well as you taking your video your your camp your phone right. and just doing a selfie thing yep you don't need expensive yeah. equipment everyone's got it's democratized yep. the business which can scare some people um, but you know it, that's what I like about it it's like it's in your hands it's 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 tangible mm-hmm. it's not something that's ethereal like I think the business music business in particular used to be how do you get a record deal that was the big thing how do you get and you have to know someone or you have to th- and then it was just this kind of otherworldly mysterious like you know and Wizard of Oz, the guy behind the curtain, like no yeah. one really knew how it worked. But now because of the d- democratization of social media and of streaming, all the positives and, and negatives to, to all of this, but mm-hmm. it, it's just, you know, it's in your hands if you're an artist or songwriter. Right. Like your success kind of depends on you. And if you blame other people for like, oh, the algorithm hates me. It's like, for me, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of sometimes I look right. at myself I'm like, yeah, that's not that interesting. Like... <laughs> Like, I'm kind of, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I would like that video either. Like, you kind of have to take a, 
uh, just a fun approach to it. Right. But it's in your hands, which is great. And yeah. perseverance, you know, yes. is is a huge thing. Like you say, people make excuses and go, oh, well, this is the reason that I didn't get this, or this is the reason I didn't get that. But, yeah. I mean, in actual fact, I mean, there's, there's a ton of TikTok stars now that have now got, you know, uh, deals with, with major labels yeah. in Nashville just because, you know, they sat and they posted yeah. some videos, but they did it diligently, yeah. you know, and they, yes. they crafted it. And it's um, how how do you get that content to a point that's going to make people not go, oh, I'm flicking through, oh, two seconds, I'm done, I'm going to move on yeah. to the next. And that's probably the hardest part because as yeah. great as it is to get stuff out, you're also sitting in all of this with even just being in Nashville, you know, it's the, I feel like it's the best and worst place to be. You have all these yeah. contacts, but you're also fighting for a piece of this yeah. with, you know, thousands of people. Yeah, and I think it's, a, you said a good word, perseverance. I think it's a combination of perseverance, uh, consistency, mm-hmm. and uh, self-awareness. Because that comes, you know... Like I said, sometimes I look at my content and I'm critical. I'm like, okay, I didn't. I'm not catching attention right away. I have to. I have something I can work on, because I a lot of times uh, on my for you page, I'm like within half a second. No, I don't want to watch that. I don't want an ad. I don't want an mm-hmm. ad for skincare. For some reason, by the way, I don't know how your algorithm works. The TikTok algorithm thinks I'm like a middle-aged guy who has lots of cats. Well, now you've said that. That's what my TikTok. <laughs> My phone's not that far away, so that's it. <laughs> like, I get my ads are for men's skincare, um, men's fashion tips, and which I love. Like, I love fashion and styling and stuff. But I found myself, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, there was this this, um, this video I saw for contrast styling. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And the style, the guy was had really great taste. And he was like, all right, so this is, it was tips about how to style an outfit. And he was talking about contrast how you make things stand out, like wear Converse, but wear a really nice blazer, or vice versa, mm-hmm. wear like, you know, um, super nice snakeskin boots and like a white t-shirt. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I like looked at the other videos like, oh, this is for like men. This is not, I mean, which you're, you know, <laughs> you know gender fluid stuff. But but yeah, I'm like, oh, this is, this, for some reason, TikTok thinks that, that I'm so not funny. me. <laughs> I mean, like, you only need to mention something once, right? And then your feed is full of it. Yeah. I know. That's funny. Oh, because they listen to you, right? Doesn't your phone listen? Everything listens. Everything listens. Oh no. I'm like at this point, TikTok (laughs) knows more about me than I know about me. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that. Like the phone. I don't know. Oh, I remember um, talking to someone once about like, wouldn't it be cool if you could get like an old camper van and make like a like a mobile bar that you could drive around and do like events with? Ooh kid you not i go onto facebook within like a couple of hours and this thing pops up it's a franchise what? i'm like i didn't even search it i didn't there's and like there's no way i'm like i did not write this down anywhere that's crazy it was just some words that came out of my mouth and then there are those there okay. are those ads i'm so. convinced it listens so. to you it does <laughs> it does but on the plus side maybe now I'm going to learn a little bit about men's fashion. Yeah, it. here's a great tip, contrast <laughs> So <style>. we're there. <laughs> I'm full of those. Well, I, in college, I worked at Fred Siegel Mann in Santa Monica, okay. in, um, which was men's, it was a boutique men's clothing store, and I had so much fun. I loved, I kind of like men's clothes more than I like women sometimes. I don't know why, but I just think it's super. No, I kind of see that. 
yeah, I think it's super fun and really cool dressing up and like, um, like a men's really nice button down and then pairing it with some either cute shorts or jeans or, um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. I liked working there a lot. I learned so much and it was a great place, but I, yeah, I learned a lot about fashion. Which honestly is also part of, of this and yeah. And I was talking to someone earlier about you're an artist, mm-hmm. but ultimately you have to be you like you're a brand. Yeah. You are yes, you are you, but what people see is that brand that you are creating and that goes from fashion yeah. to the musical choices that yeah. you make as an artist, like releasing the nineties tracks. Like it says a lot mm-hmm. about who you wanna be. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I love that you have that personal connection to walk away joe i think being, yeah. like releasing that and going hey like this song yeah you know and all those little nuances it's about building noel tolan mm-hmm. like yeah that's a good point and i'm a firm believer in in what you wear and how you present yourself in person and on stage is is very um important mm-hmm. to your performance i mean I'm very visual. I know that, but just that's how I, I learn visually right. more so than orally. And um, and uh, you know sometimes you can say you can say something so important without having to say it, which is how you present yourself, mm-hmm. what you wear. That's why I love clothes and fashion so much, is because it's a way to express yourself yeah. without having to say anything. And I love putting together outfits when I perform. It's so much fun, like. And I love, I love getting dressed up and looking and, and, you know, trying to look pretty and doing my hair and, you know, wearing a really cute, cute, like, poofy dress and doing my spray tan. So I'm like a little, <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's such a part of it. And I love embracing that because it's, you know, music is, is not just um, an auditory medium. You see... You know, it's very visual as well. Mm-hmm. And the same with songwriting. Great songs, the listener sees the song happening. Yeah. You know. I think the uh, the the fashion thing, I think you know you've made it when you can walk out in uh, T-shirts and some old sweatpants like Vince Gill, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's it. When you don't have to worry and he, you're still just as captivated yeah. looking like you just rolled out of bed. Oh, I love Vince. I love you, Vince. I love his song, Don't Let Our Love Go Slipping Away. Oh, my God. Heaven. Like, there you go. Another prime example of just, like, perfection in perfection. country songwriting. Nineties. Again, see? Yeah. Oh, it's the best. 90s country. That's what... Just Can you just do an entire album I would of 90s-inspired country I would love. Let's manifest it. It's coming back, and I love that. Yeah, I love that people are really starting to like embrace that. Have you listened to uh, Hardy and Morgan Wallen and um, Post Malone? They did. I think it's called Hicks Tape. They did a cover of John Deere Green Pickup Man. I I heard Pickup Man because it was on the on the CMAs, but it was. I've listened to it. Go listen to John Deere Green. So it is the best. Like. It's just great. You should listen. It's who'd have thought Post Malone would I be know. over into country. He loves his country. Music. It works so well. Yeah, like scarily well. I know. I love. I remember seeing comments like Post Malone's more country than like half yeah, the people. Yeah, he is. But I love those parts. Like I never knew you were a pickup. <laughs> so man. good. Like oh my god. Speaking of when we did karaoke last night, I was like, okay, 
Did you do it? No, I didn't. Oh. As soon as when we were done, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, this is why I don't do karaoke. <laughs> you gonna, I'm going to get you co- to come out to the bar near me because you can actually hear yourself. The sound is great. We're doing it. Um, but I almost did, did Pick Up Man. I love that song. Joe Diffie. Is. He's a legend. R.I.P. <laughs> Man. I know. Oh, can, you, can you believe the 90s was like 30 years ago? No. That's, I won't believe it. That's a thing now. That the 90s is 30. Was it? I saw something the other day and it was like um, the difference between now and... Yeah, it was like now and like the 1993 is the same as the difference between 1993 and 1963. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Wait, no. I can't even go there. Yeah. No, but, you know, it's funny. It's funny TikTok I saw. It was hysterical. This guy who's just taking a selfie, and he goes, you know, I see all these 90s trends. It's cool to to dress up like 90s, and you listen to 90s music, and, you know, you're a big, big, everyone's a big fan of the 90s, big fan of the 90s. He's like, yeah? Why don't you go wait for the bus? Not have a phone to look at. Why don't you go kick a ball around while you're waiting for your mom to pick you up from school? Like, why don't you go? It was hysterical. He said, why don't you go to this? That's Wait for the bus. Wait for your mom to pick you up from school. Go, you know, stand around and, like, just look at look at, look at at the sky. You know, it you have wasn't, no phone to look it at. wasn't that bad. I, I think the 90s were pretty great. You know? <laughs> I, I had less worries in the 90s. Yeah. Um, I, saw, I actually saw a video the other day of this Australian guy um, doing a parody song about the 90s. Clearly that's a thing at the start of 20, <laughs> 2024. Um, but it was all about, it was all about that stuff. And mm-hmm. like, oh, this is great. And like going to a payphone and doing a reverse call to get your parents to pick you up from town. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I ever did that, but that's, I can imagine. I, remember I had a pager. Did you ever have a pager? I did have a pager. Mine was bright green mm-hmm. and see-through with like, man. What colour was yours? Do you remember? Oh, I just had... I had my dad's old one. <laughs> my dad worked tonight, so it was just like a grey, boring thing. It wasn't fancy. But uh, I feel like my, my biggest 90s thing was ta- my Tamagotchi. Oh. Um, I never... My Tamagotchi. Wait, is that the Nano Baby? Not that... That is, Tamagotchi's the original oh, Nano Baby. I yeah. Don't, I don't... I've never had one of those. Oh, they were great. I ended up on the... Uh, I ended up on the radio with the someone from the RSPCA, which is the um, the UK equivalent of the ASPCA. Yeah. Um, and I think I was like one of the only people in school, I guess, that had a Tamagotchi. So I ended up on the radio talking about how it was uh, how it was like teaching kids to look after pets because oh, <laughs> you had to feed say, them, otherwise it would die. I was gonna say, wait, were they trying to make that an animal? Yeah, they. It was like, oh, this is great for like kids growing up. Yeah, man, cassettes. Did you ever have a Furby? I did have a Furby. Those are so weird. And then they brought out the ones that talk to themselves. Remember? Oh, they, well, yeah. they said they like communicate with each other. Now, yeah. now I'm older. I'm seeing that that's probably not why. I remember it talk. My mom was like, "Will that thing ever stop talking?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> we'll just and then you'll be sitting there. It'll be silent, and you'll just hear like, "Yeah." <laughs> <sighs> There you oh go. Here's, this is your next song content. Furbies. Furbies. I could do a rap um, about Furbies. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to be downloading it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so you've got your new music coming out this year. We can expect to hear a lot more of you. Yes. Um, in terms of shows, are you planning on getting out and about, like, around 
the US um, yeah. to do some more shows like outside Nashville. I'm and... dying to. I'm trying to manifest a tour. I don't know how that's going to happen because I don't, I don't know. I, um, Perseverance. Yeah, Just... I don't know. I'm like, I will show up wherever with right. m- me and my guitar and maybe, you know, hopefully a band. But I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, yeah, I, would love, I would love to come to a city near you. There you go. Um, yeah, however that happens. But, yeah, I play out every chance I get. I'm obsessed with being on stage. It's, like, my happy place. Do um, you have any regular gigs in town? Uh, I wouldn't say regular gigs, but I play at the Commodore a lot. I, 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 I love playing at the Cambria. Um, all the places. And you have, like, if you're playing rock. out, you have all these dates up on your website? Um, yes, yes, and uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be playing a lot this year. So good, stay tuned. So I'm um, say so I'm gonna link to everything like new music, whatever you got coming out. You yeah. send it, we'll we'll get it posted out. Um, website. So if you want to go check, not not if when when you go <laughs> check out that music, um, I'll have links in the description, and you can see where she's playing. Um, we'll have all the new music, Spotify links, Apple, wh- whatever the links are. We're going to have all the links. All the links. Um, and I have faith that every, you're, you're going to do good. And, oh, and I, I so cannot much. wait for these 90s covers, really. That's going to be the highlight of my year, to be oh. honest. Just bring me all the 90s music. <laughs> you're too kind. Thank you so much for having me. Thank I'm, you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. You're just a joy to talk to, and you're the best karaoke partner because you haul the weight. <laughs> I can't hear myself. I didn't know what I was doing, man. We did. What was the song? Uh, never wanted never to be wanted that, be that girl. girl. And my couldn't mic. hear each other. I couldn't, couldn't hear, hear ourselves. I heard some guy yell, "Terrible!" <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, don't say that. Don't. Say. Okay. She was. <laughs> no, I couldn't hear myself. There was. It was bad. It was I saw bad. the karaoke girl going. Oh, sh- I can't. We have to fix her mic. But you're an amazing Thanks. singer. So it is such an honor to to be here with you and to. Have, Heard you sing last night. It was fun. Amazing. It was fun. Everyone loves so karaoke, but thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And yeah, we will keep track of everything. Guys, go check her out. We're going to be back next week with another episode, and I cannot wait. So we will see you then. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. You. Thank you. Recorded at 2300 Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, original theme music by Gary Wood.